What is up, my people? Welcome back to yet another episode of Vintage and Stuff with me, Drew Heifetz. Today, I have the man himself. Some of you love him, some of you hate him, but regardless, most of you know who he is. I'm talking about Vintage Pimpage. He is the man... One of two men responsible for creating the Royal Rumble, which, in my opinion, is the biggest shakeup of the lives since they began. It has kind of changed the trajectory of these lives that we have now seen become mainstay in the vintage world. And, you know, whether you like it or not, I believe it's kind of fluctuated the price downwards. Okay. Sure, some people are making more money on these 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 uh these rumbles and able to move more product. But anyway, enough about that. You're gonna hear it all from the man himself, vintage pimpage. Uh he talks about his history in paparazzi photography. Bet you didn't know that, or maybe you did, but anyway, it's super interesting. He made his living for a long time taking pictures of celebrities here in uh, Vancouver, Canada, and around the world. Um, he's been hustling vintage for a long time, but you know, he really blew up since these Royal Rumbles. So we'll get into all that on the episode. A couple housekeeping things, you know, who out there has been watching my ridiculously stupid time wasting TikToks? Yes, I know they're dumb. You know, hopefully some of them made you laugh, <laughs> but let me know in the comments if you're following me on TikTok and what do you think of that? If you're not following me, go check it out and uh, like it and share it. And that brings me to this, you know, I appreciate you guys listening. I'm overwhelmed with the response of people that listen to this podcast. I know I've been slacking lately. I've been really busy with some real life shit, some real work shit. I do take this podcast seriously and I want to keep putting them out, keep crushing it for you guys, keep getting on amazing guests. I got some wicked ones lined up. But yeah, I've been dealing with some of my stuff, haven't put out a lot of episodes lately, but that doesn't mean I'm not about it. I appreciate it. But you know what really helps me out? If you like this podcast, take a minute right now, like it, share it, send it to a friend, you know, leave me a review on iTunes. All that shit really helps. It helps other people find it. Spread the love around, guys. You know, mention it all on all the other episodes, but if you want to really support me, you can hop on my Patreon link down below. Also, another way to support me is I dropped my own compostable mailers, guys. I have a whole other video on the YouTube about that, but it's a way for you to help the planet stop using plastic mailers to ship out your product. I know most of you are resellers, so you are shipping product. Your customers will appreciate you. It's a small thing you can do to help the planet, and it doesn't cost you any more at all. Link down below to buy compostable mailers. Very, very important update on BidStitch, guys. We've ran through our beta period, beta testing period, had a good group of people on there, worked out a lot of kinks. We are going to be launching sometime mid-July, okay? So stay tuned. If you're not following BidStitch, Go follow BidStitch right now. Stay up to date with what's going on. It is a new platform dropping. Uh, it's going to save you a lot of money on fees. 
auction capabilities, uh, BIN capabilities, and that's just the beginning. We're going to be rolling out lots of new crazy functions as time goes on. You know, built built by the community for the community. It has a forum on there where you guys can go and talk all the shit you want. Going to be news and updates, all the good stuff, okay? Go follow Bidstitch. Stay tuned for launch and, you know, really put your nose to the grindstone on this one because you want to get on that first week. There's going to be huge benefits to get on Bidstitch the first week we drop, okay? But enough about that. Let's get into the chat with the man himself, Vintage Pimpage, a fellow Vancouverite. Um, and yeah, I had a fun time chatting, you know, like I said, whether you love him or you hate him, most of you know who he is. So without further ado, Pimpage. Justin, aka Vintage Pimpage 604. Welcome to the show, my man. Hey, what's up, my guy? Thanks for coming on. For those of you that don't know, 604 is Vancouver. I have a fellow Vancouverite uh, joining me today. Most of you guys will know him from the Royal Rumbles, aka yeah. the Killing Fields of the Savannah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get into all that shit, but can you give us like the, some background? Like, where'd you come from? How'd you get into this business? Give us like the rundown, man. Uh, so like I was born in Victoria, BC, the island of uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. And then uh, what, like I moved to Vancouver like 15 years ago, something like that. No, maybe more than that now. And then, uh, yeah, I started doing uh, like just odd jobs and shit. Did uh, celebrity photography, and then I was always thrifting on the side. And um, yeah, like the I run an eBay store for uh, celebrity autographs. So I thought like shit, I could probably sell um, some vintage shit, but I didn't want to run it on my um, my eBay because people whine about dumb stuff. You know, where they're like, oh, there's a stain there or whatever. So eBay is annoying like, as not, hell, man. Yeah, I was like, I'm not trying to have that feedback life there. So I was like, I'll open up a Instagram account, start selling um, off there. And I did like Facebook and little Depop, little Grail. But Instagram seemed to be like kind of easiest for everybody. Um, so I would just post stuff there and sell locally for the most part. So how long have you been selling on Instagram? Ah, uh, shit. Like four years now, four and a half years. Okay. And like, uh, what, what'd you start with? What was the stuff that was popping back in the beginning? <laughs> like Tommy Hilfiger, yep. Nautica, <laughs> uh, the Ralph Lauren, uh, like the polo, uh, the polo bear, especially. Um, 
but people were buying all sizes back then. So I would grab like smalls, mediums, uh, large XL because I'm a true to size medium um, as far as like a tighter fit. And so I was like stoked to find like a medium in my size. I was like, oh, hell yeah, that's the move. And now uh, I don't even look at medium or small rat. I just go large. It's so crazy, dude. That whole XL only thing has been like this last year. And like, yeah. yeah, like, like you said, it used to be, used to be, have like a T, you know, it wasn't that much of a difference between like a medium and an XL and a large for price range at all. But now mm-hmm. it's like fucking night and day. Yeah. Yeah. One of them's like, uh, you'll take like a hundred dollar t-shirt in an XL. And if it's in a small, it's $25, you know, 30 bucks. Yeah. So it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, dude. Back then Tommy had a hot minute, dude. Tommy yeah. pieces were going off. You could get like, you know, 100 to 200 for like any jacket there were certain jackets that were hitting like three to five hundred yeah yeah no it's, it was crazy yeah it still kind of pops like overseas australia new zealand still on that wave but it's over here big time man mm-hmm. yeah no uh i leave it on the racks now like i find it and i still have it in storage but i just leave it on the racks it'll come back eventually and then uh you know yeah. sell it back so I want to know more about celebrity photography. Mm. How'd you get into that? Uh, like I always been getting autographs like for like 25 years, more than that, maybe. So like it started um, like my grandpa took me to uh UVic Vikings game, like way back in the day. I was like a little kid and there was this guy who played for the team called Eli Pasquale. So he's kind of like a Canadian legend or whatever. So he was playing and uh, my grandpa's like, yo, you want me to like, call my grandpa and say, yo, but he's like, <laughs> he's like, you want me to uh, get him to sign your program for you? And I was like, oh, that's the move. And I got that done. And then I just thought that was pretty cool, you know, to, uh, to have something like special to remember the event. And then um, I remember, like a wrestling event came to uh, Victoria, which Victoria gets nothing. Yeah. And it was like back in the day when like Yokozuna was wrestling and Lex Luger and the Bushwhackers and the whole nine. So I just waited out back while they were like driving up in the parking lot. And I'd be like, Oh, you know, you saw my stupid piece of paper, whatever the hell I had as a kid. And um, then like eventually the court and all, uh, celebrity golf tournament was coming to Victoria. And that was a big deal because Pam Anderson was there. Wayne Gretzky. Shout out um, Pam Anderson, Canadian legend. For real. So I, I was stoked about that. And uh, I started taking like photos with just like a point and shoot, like bullshit film camera or whatever. And I got some of them like uh, made up into actual like four by six photos. And I remember Pam was coming out with like kid one time and she was real late for some shit. So she was like, yo, just hop in the whip. And I'm like, all right. And so she's looking at the photos that I took. I'm like, yo, can you sign these for me? And she's yo, like, so you, she told you to hop in her whip. Yeah. Cause she had to go to the, the golf cr- tournament, like right quick. Right. So I was just like riding along and then she's like looking at the photos and she's like, no, these are good. Like, you're going to be a celebrity photographer. And I was just like, 
being nice. So I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess. And um, she signed them joints. And then, uh, like, during the movie Twilight over here in Vancouver, I was watching these guys, like, from L.A., like, lay up in their, like, sick rides. Like, they had dope fits, like, money, like, spending on, like, everything. And I'm, like, having to get up to motherfuckers to get their autographs and shit and, like, making, like, one-tenth of what they were making. So I was like, yo, I've been shooting, like, hip-hop shows and, like, photography in general for a, a long time now. Like, I'm just going to save up some of that money and buy, like, a dope camera. And then I asked, like, the only pap that was in town, like, yo, you, you teach me how to do this stuff? And I sucked. Like, you know, like, I can't even look at my shit now like from when i first started because it's garbage but he was like hard on me so he'd be like no this is trash this is trash it's trash all this one's dope that's what you need uh, when you're starting you need the truth yeah and so sooner rather than later i started to figure out like how to shoot like how to tell a story with just like one picture you know what i mean and like get quick with my shit with my settings and everything and i just started to get better and better and like um by the end of all the Twilight movies, like I'd pretty much taken over the top spot as far as like the best celebrity photographer in Canada. Um, so I got some questions about this. So like these guys, I, I know they filmed, they filmed some in Vancouver. They also filmed like lots in like Washington and shit, right? For they only Twilight? filmed the first, no, they only filmed the, filmed the first original Twilight in Washington. The rest were all here. Oh, no shit. Okay. Yeah. So you would like figure out where the sets are at. You roll up to these, these sets when they're like getting there in the morning or like, how do you actually go about trying to get no, the shots? Like with, with Twilight, the, the sets were on complete lockdown. They had like the RCMP, like they'd hire them shit. So they like act like a Gestapo for like the set and they will literally fuck your shit up. Like they'll arrest you for no reason at all just to like prevent you from like shooting. And then the, the info was actually the hardest to get out of any film set that I've ever hit. So like all of our tricks for getting info was not working. And um, they numbered the call sheets with like this like crazy invisible ink shit. So they know who was giving out call sheets and everything. And um, so I just basically laid up at their hotel and like tried to shoot Rob and Kristen together that was like a big deal and then the rest i would just shoot the cast going out for dinner going out for smokes like walking their dog yeah whatever whatever right? but it's like a full-time thing if you're trying to like be there when the shit happens because you can't just turn up for an hour and hope to get it no. you gotta like be around it's like 16 hour days seven days a week there's no day off <laughs> and then so that, walk me through the process like you get some shots you're stoked you get it developed whatever and then how do you make, like, what's the next step? How do you make the money, man? Like, how do you get the connections to sell to all the magazines and shit? Well, here's the thing that people get confused is like, when I shoot or anybody else shoots, uh, first of all, it's digital, right? Yeah. So like, there's no like getting shit developed, but like, you have a laptop with you at all times. And then you hotspot off your phone and you dump the photos into the agency after you crop and chop them. Uh, then you write like a little one paragraph shit be like yo this is twilight cast blah 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 they out for a walk uh, on this date in vancouver and so the desk then like may touch them up i always told the desk don't fuck with my shit like when i send them in it's fine don't touch them so 
they would add the write-up to the photos and then put them on their website. And that is what they sell off to the different outlets like magazines, blogs, uh, online stuff, right? So that's where it sells. Then they take a fat percentage of that um, and piece you out the rest in royalties. So that's where you make your money. So you just basically, yeah, send the shit off to the agency and then you're like collecting checks. You're just like, this sold, that sold. They send you your check a couple times a month and you're fucking roll, making the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twice a month. But I, I started to like be like, yo, I, I mean, the money was good, but it was like, I was like, yo, y'all have to pay me some like uh, salary and then royalties and buy me a whip and like, lace my equipment for free. So I'm not trying to like take all these expenses and stuff. So they're like, all right, bet. Cause I, by that time I had earned a reputation that like, they're like, all right, we'll just start. So, so you got lot. it all. You got all your requests. They, they hooked it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm assuming you were doing that up until COVID, but then COVID shut shit down. So you, or like, when no, did you stop this? No, like we, the industry had a fallout. Uh, before COVID by like a year where Vancouver just kind of dried up. So my agency of like 13 years, like pulled bitch. And they were like, they called me and they're like, yo, we're going to have to cut your salary in six months. And I'm like, the hell are you talking about? I was like, I gave you 13 years in the green. I have six months in the red and now you try to cut my shit. So that's typical. And uh, so it is what it is. And then they like stole up all my royalties. I had to switch agencies and it was just a bunch of bullshit. So honestly, I was like, it takes so much damn time. And uh, a lot of the, the outlets consolidated with each other. So they were paying less. Like there was no more competition for bidding on photos. So I'm like, I'm not trying to get out here and spend like five hours trying to make like 200 bucks, you know? So I just kind of put that shit on the back burner jump more into the vintage shit and just started hustling with that like crazy, you know? So you keep the rights when you do that, when you send the shit to the agency, do they own the rights at that point or you keep it? No, we keep it. But so they you, like, they a bunch you, of thieves. So they steal your shit and then yeah. they just keep selling it. Yeah. <laughs> Bastards. So, but you, so now you have that whole bank of photography that you took for 16 years, you said, or 13 years. 13. Yeah. Are you doing anything with it? No, just I just sit on it. I mean, I could throw it through, but the only thing they're going to use it for is like, like maybe in a magazine layout, they're like, oh, yo, this is like Ryan Reynolds back in the day. You know what I mean? And that shit isn't much. It's like, you know, you might get 50 bucks here and there, but it's like, nah, I ain't trying to see that. It's a lot of work to upload that shit and then be like, yeah, this is that. So they always want the newest, the newest shit, the newest gossip. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so what, uh, honestly, what pays the most? Like, if you catch someone like doing something dumb or like out new, getting new wasted or something. No, nah, new relationships, new babies, and then dumb okay. shit. Yeah, controversy, you know, or like, like sex shit, you know, not like physical, like fucking, but like, you know, people like, um, like in a new relationship or something. Are they like cheating on their spouses or whatever? So. Yeah, that's a fat payout, huh? Yeah. That's some blackmail shit right there. <laughs> yeah, you get, I mean, I know the motherfucker that shot the last frame of Michael Jackson. He got paid 1.2. Like the last photo before he died? 
No, he shot it through the, the ambulance window. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. Crazy. Any crazy stories of getting like run down or chased away or like people flipping out on you for taking shots? That's that's every set you go to pretty much. Like I've been arrested a whole bunch of times, never charged, but they just like throw the cuffs on you and and throw you in the back. Yeah. And then uh, I've been shot at with a paintball gun on the set of Superman. Yo, the fucking security guards roll with paintball guns. No, it was some idiot from the crew. He just started using that shit. And I'm like, because, like, I have my little six-pound toy poodle at the time. She passed away now. But, like, I was hearing all this, like, weird shit, like, popping through the bushes. And I look, and I'm seeing, like, paint all exploded all over that shit. And this motherfucker. So, like, I started lobbing, uh, like, huge-ass rocks at the trailers. That got their attention right quick. And then they came up, like, fucking mad as hell. They're like, yo, you can hurt somebody like, whoa. I was like, y'all shooting at me. So call the cops. Like, I'll show them the paint on the fucking bushes and shit. And we're going to see who's right. And then they're like, oh, shit. Like, don't tell nobody about this. You know, but they so, act ignorant there. Give us, uh, give us like some figures here. Like, what kind of money are you selling photos for at your height? I mean, like the. For just a single frame, I shot Surrey Cruz on a makeup counter in Holt Renfrew, downtown Vancouver. 60 grand US for that one frame because it ran everywhere. But like your average set is maybe like that you'd be happy with is, you know, 500 to 2K, depending on the content, depending on whether it's exclusive or non exclusive, depending on whether or not if it is non exclusive that you get your stuff in and up for sale first, because that's also half the battle is the speed of submission. And getting them out there for sale, and then if oh, you're because like the guy standing beside you, if he gets his out first, he makes the cake, and you're yeah, he's gonna get the hits. And yeah. then not only that, but like some agencies have trash deals; they're called subscriptions. So, like a lot of the blogs or magazines have subscription deals with them, and that means no matter how dope your shot is, it's gonna sell for fifty bucks, and that's trash. So I I now work with a guy who doesn't do subscriptions. He's like, no. Nah. I'm not about that. You'll pay my 10 grand, my 12 grand, whatever the hell it is I'm going to charge you. But um, yeah, I was just talking to a guy, the guy who actually got me into it way back in the day. And I'm like, yo, do you still get out there and shoot? He's like, yeah, blah, 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 you know. And then he started throwing around some figures. And I'm like, damn, it's time to dust off the camera because like the shit is like always right here, you know, like. Well, and now you now we know Vancouver's back kind of in a fucking TV movie boom again, right? Like Netflix is out here filming all kinds of shit. Yeah. And but it's a lot of garbage, though. I mean, yes, we film the second largest film market outside of L.A., but the names aren't there, right? So if it's just a bunch of people that no one gives a fuck about, then there's no point in chasing it, right? Yeah, true. So the only names that are here now is uh, Jude Law, and uh, John Cena's shooting a, a Marvel movie here. So, all right. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the Rumbles, man. Let's get into some vintage here. You know, mm. I look at this, you know, I, I've been in this game a long time. And obviously, this last year, I've been like looking at what's going on. I go live, you know, been on 1980 something co. And you guys kind of came yeah, me out. Too. Yeah, we're going to talk about that one for sure. (laughs) You guys came out of nowhere. So it was you and um, 
your homie High Off Nostalgia, right? You guys came out and started the Rumble, which I don't know if you planned it or not, but it ended up morphing into something. Now it's like all over the place. The blind bid, the Rumble, whatever people call it, you know, it's just as much on the lives now as like single auctions are for sure. I think it's totally played a role in changing the price structure of the market. So give us the lowdown, like that first day when you guys started, what is the rumble exactly and how did it kind of come to be? It started with, um, with half nostalgia and I called them before, like, cause I used to do a weekly live for an hour, just traditional bids or whatever. Right. Yeah. And I said, man, our shit ain't getting no views. Like, I don't even want to do it tonight. And he's like, yeah, fuck it. Like if we don't get some bids, like let's just kill it. So we get in there, the views pump to like the typical, like 25, 30. And then they just start to go down and down and down. And I ain't making shit. And when I am making shit, it's like 10 bucks, 15 bucks. So we were like down to seven people. And this is all on video too. So he's like, yo, you want to do one of those like battle? Like we had done a, like a, a battle uh, auction, you know, with Curated, um, who's also local. So curated was in the in the queue, and we're like, "Yo, hop on, we'll do a battle of you know shirts or whatever." And he's like, "All right." So we do that, and we started to get the views up a little bit, and we started making a few sales. And then uh, it was like, "Yo, do you want to do the the blind bids, like where we just like hold up a hanger, and then like it's a mystery?" And we were like, "All right, bet, let's do that." So we both hold up the hangers and uh, we're like, I, I had seen that format once before shout outs to the person that I ripped off. And I told him when uh, I saw that shit, like who was uh, it? Can you say? Uh, no, I ain't going to say it. Cause like, I don't get along with the motherfucker so he can eat dicks. Um, but yeah, I was, I was holding them up and like, uh, I just took a bit of what he was doing. And I told this guy when he did do it, I was like, yo, that was fun. We should do that again. And he's like, nah, it's just like a one-time deal, whatever. Cause he was losing money on it. And so I decided to make it like more kind of like competitive. You know what I mean? So I switched a whole bunch of the shit up. And then I was like, yo, you bit on the seller. Like it's a battle, like whatever, whatever. And the viewers started to go up and then the bids were coming in. We're like, damn, like we got something. So it was genuinely exciting. And like, I'm getting excited. So my energy's like way up. I'm just like, you know, doing my typical thing where like from moment one, like with seven people in the room, I still don't give a fuck. Like I don't act any different. So I was like, yo, you better fucking bid on this shit. Like we're going to fucking bless you up. We're going to give you double the value. Like, you know, that shit is like, we were just making up on the fly. You know? And this is all still in the same first live. Same first live. You need, it's funny. You need that. You need something to keep your energy up. Cause man, I know exactly what you mean on those lives. Like where nothing's happening. It's like, this fucking sucks. Like yeah. you need to, you need to get it hype and, and the energy brings the people, man. Yeah. Cause and, and nostalgia, he got a different kind of vibe where he's like, you know, like he'll blush when I swear or some shit. So it like worked that like, I was like, man, fuck y'all. Like, let's, fucking bid this shit up like shit is like a fucking battle zone and shit like whatever i could to to kind of keep the shit pumped 
and um and hype it up and then like people started to drop in that like you know i'd be trying to send them dms to get on their lives like and they don't even they leave me on red or don't look at my shit and i'm like damn like this shit is kind of taken off right here and we watched the, it just tick up 60 80 100 200 viewers 200 plus and we're like what the fuck and then uh alex bandu came in and she dropped the 1.2 towards the end of the night and uh like shit was up near 300 viewers and like people were like clamoring to bid on shit they were like oh and like because the stuff we were given in the first few rumbles was dumb <laughs> like because you know we had cornered ourselves where like i opened my mouth and i'm like yo we gonna double your value like bless the people and shit and on the long term that like that's tough to do but we were doing it we were tripling quadrupling the value of what people bid but i always found it tough to move the high-end items right like say you got like an 800 shirt that's tough to move on just like some traditional bid stuff because you just don't see that kind of number yeah and yeah and you got to uh, get the, you got to get the exact right people in there to be bidding on yeah. that and if you don't have the audience it's like how do you get them you know but with this, like, I figure when someone drops four, I'll give them an eight. And, like, I was pretty stoked for that. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, damn, like, I'm moving some stuff that's been sitting in my closet for, like, a long time. And, um, yeah, so, like, Chris got mad excited. He's like, you know, I've talked to him the next day, and I don't really give a fuck. Like, I thought it was fun. I thought, yo, we'll do it again next week. And he's like, yo, we got to do it again tomorrow. I'm like, oh, yo, yo, chill. Like, and he's got like mad rules for it. Like, he's like, man, I typed this shit out. I print out flyers. I'm calling people. I'm like, <laughs> I bet. Like, let's go, I guess. And uh, so we do it the next night. We get up over like 300. And then there's like multiple bids, like, you know, 1.5 thousand bucks. And like in concession, like, you know, one after another after another and we're like shit and then these huge counts were like yo in the request like let us in like you know i mean like one of i think it was the second night frank big frank he does those band tees or whatever yeah yeah we weren't kicking out the winners at that time that's something that i kind of like created as like we we kept on going with it um because he made like six grand in like less than an hour you know, not saying yeah. a damn word. I was he just, he just, everyone just kept picking his bundles. Well, he had a sign that said, pick me, but he wouldn't talk. And like, I didn't know who he was, but I knew he was big enough where people are like losing their shit to like bid on him. So I was kind of like his translator because he would hold up and do the like, sign language and shit. And I'd yeah. be like, yeah, you all need to bid. And he just cashed out. But then we were like, Chris and I were talking after that. And we're like, yo, I don't think it's fair that motherfuckers wait in the queue while someone else is like grabbing like, you know, almost 10 grand Canadian off the table when like we can get everybody paid, you know? So we just kind of kept on evolving it. And then uh, the whole time we're like, yo, this is for the people, you know, we know y'all going to steal it. Like we on Instagram, we can't copyright this shit. And sure enough, like I'll leave their names out of it, but they bit our shit like hard. And then the big accounts started to circle jerk each other, you know, like that's kind of like an unspoken thing or whatever, but I don't give a fuck. I'll tell y'all uh, the bigger accounts. They really like 
they're in some circle jerk shit where it's like they ain't trying to fuck with these small accounts. And, and that was something that was important to me and still is to this day. Like if y'all watch my live, like I have like, you know, 80s code, the Casita Pow, like, you know, big names. But then I'll let you in if you have like five followers. You know what I mean? If you got some heat and you're trying to make some money, we're going to try and make some money for you. You know, give everybody a shot. Then we kick out the winner, the person who wins that round and this next man up. Yeah. I mean, why the fuck not? If you got teas, if you got stuff to sell and you come correct, bring them on in. Yeah. So, I mean, you've explained it kind of, but give us like the actual rule breakdown for people that have never been on one. Oh, so like the way it works is, you know, there'll be four sellers, uh, including the host generally. And so uh, you as a viewer will bid. So let's say back in the day we were starting at zero. So people would bid 50, then 100, then you get outbid and so on and so on until we decided that that bidding process had come to conclusion. And uh, the conclusion of that, you would then pick a seller. So you would say, I would like seller, yada, yada, yada. So one of those four boxes. Then along with the audience's help, you're going to decide whether or not that's a W or an L. Yeah, so the, the, so the viewer... The, the, the winner of the bid gets to put in kind of like size preferences for shit yeah. and what they want. Yeah. And then the person yeah. they pick shows them a bundle or a couple yeah. pieces or whatever to make right. that value. Yeah. Right. Well, continue. to double that value. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> then at the end of which time, like that the seller has shown that curated bundle um, or shirt in some cases, uh, you could say that's a W. And you accept that you're going to pay that money for what the seller showed you, you know, like a traditional auction. Or you could say L and pass to a next seller of your choice. So you'd say, no, I don't want this person. I want that person. And now they've got to do the same. They've got to repeat the process. And we would continually like, let's say you didn't like anybody on the board. Well, we'd kick people out and keep bringing people in with because that was the promise that we made people that. You're not going to leave unhappy. You know, you're going to, you're going to be satisfied with what you're paying for. And so people really got behind that because you had the audience interaction with the W's and the L's. And then you had the uh, seller being happy because they're guaranteed to grab a bag in, in a certain sense. And then you had the bidder that's happy because as I said, you know, we're going to keep bringing in sellers until you see something you like. And were you guys doing originally that if somebody passed on a bundle, somebody no. else could claim in the in no. the chat? No, okay. Some people do that game, and then some people do where all four people show right off the bat, mm. and then the person picks it. So this whole thing, it's like you started it on that format, and now it's like gone on to morph into all these different things on all these different people's lives. And um, yeah. I think – you know, you basically, you're saying you double the value. So that person who's bidding gets a fucking steal, like basically a wholesale price on what they're buying. So it's kind of, the sellers are, are about it. Cause they're like, yo, I'm going to grab something and then I'm going to go on Chris's or I'm going to go on my own live and double my money. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I look at it, like, you know, I've, I've never gone on yours. <laughs> I know you've invited me. Um, <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to do it sometime from the warehouse. 
But yeah, so it's like now you have lies where people are selling single t-shirts trying to get like top fucking dollar. And then you have lies where you can go on and potentially grab like same type shit for way cheaper Mm -hmm. in bundles, Mm -hmm. which I think kind of fucking dipped the market. Like what's your thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. But the thing is, it's like, uh, it's no one in particular, but people pulled bitch on that. Like they took, what what could have been like a fantastic thing that's like going to continue to feed and they ruined it. They ruined it by like, I watched these trash ass blind bids where like they not even holding up the value of what you bid. And then I see like it even worse, which, you know, gets me in my feelings is the buyers like, Oh shit. Thank you. That's a W. And like, motherfuckers like clapping for them and shit. I'm like, that shit suck. Like, Y'all don't have eBay sold listings like and, and for all the motherfuckers that are like, oh, eBay, ain't the shit. Well, what else is stupid? The shit has billions of users has been a lo- been around for much longer than any other format for selling vintage clothing. And you're going to tell me their shit don't matter because that is reflective of market value, especially when you're on bid auction on eBay, because that's something where like, say someone has something up for like. and there's no, there's no bidding on it. It's not on auction to buy it now. Then yeah, they're quite correct in saying like, yo, uh, someone was willing to pay that. Okay, cool. But when it goes on auction, that's reflective of like millions and millions of users having the ability to then drop a bid on that particular auction piece. And if it only goes for something, and like, let's say one item goes for a hundred, then the same shirt goes for one twenty, then the same shirt goes for ninety. Then you average that out. That's a hundred dollar t-shirt. I don't care any way you cut it. You gotta like start. And and the reason that resellers like say, oh shit, eBay don't matter, is because they're trying to rip people off. They trying to like t- they take that same t-shirt that they bought for ninety off eBay, and best believe they did buy it off eBay, the same place that they go around and trash on later. And they want 150 for it. So they make their money because they're like, they're too lazy or they don't have the resource to go out and like procure it themselves, like at, you know, like dumb costs, like rags, bins, racks. And so that's why I told in the very beginning, and especially when I started my own lives, if you're a collector, this game is not for you. You will go broke and you will not like this format. But if you buy it from the rags, and you get in from the racks, anything more than $10 profit is a profit. So you can yeah, afford then exactly. to give out the steals. You and have so, to have margin in this game to really last because yeah. the fluctuations are too great. We've seen it. Like people this year, you know, in the beginning of the year, I'm like telling everybody on this show, on my fucking Instagram, on the lives, I'm like, this will not last. These prices will not last. Some shit will drop. Some next shit will come up. If you're out there spending top dollar on something, hoping that this is like your golden horseshoe to, to wealth or fucking your retirement, like mm. you have no clue. It could drop the next week. Right. I do agree with you about eBay. Like there's obviously lots of, um, validity to the auctions. Yes. Cause if something drives up to 500 bucks on an eBay auction, obviously you got multiple people bidding it, meaning that there's like, mm-hmm. there's demand for it out there beyond like one mm-hmm. person. Right. You can't mm-hmm. judge anything by somebody's price. Like if someone comes to you going like, you know, th- this is on buy it now for two grand on eBay, but like it's been sitting there for two months. That's, that's completely irrelevant on a price yeah, range. Right. Absolutely. But, but the absolutely. auctions the auctions are irrelevant. 
mm-hmm. but also we know that the live auctions because of like people's fucking psychology and dopamine hits and shit mm-hmm. like they just are more hyped to buy it on a live so like we've seen yeah. the live auction prices go way beyond ebay prices for the last year you know what i mean mm-hmm. which you're right like i do you guys started this doing the value proposition where you're like okay it's double fucking value for the for the auctions and you're right i've seen some some um fucking rumble lives where like the 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 bundles are shit and i'm like yo like am i tripping or like is that no this guy's hyped and like it's all fucked up and again that just goes back to like the the fucking hype and the dopamine that people are reacting and their brains get skewed when they're on these lives sometime it's they're just like so in the fucking zone that they don't realize they're getting well not only that people get people get lazy and they get like they don't do their research. And I told motherfuckers like on the first two lives, I said, have a fucking laptop or a tablet out and, and comp price comp, you know, look at what you're getting, take the extra 30 seconds and look the shit up. Because like I was assured that I was going to double their value because I knew what I was looking at. I knew which like, you know, what the value was of my items, but you get a lot of people that feel that pressure where they're like, well, shit, I've got to say yes to one of the four. And I'm like, yeah, but all four are garbage. And then you got the seller gas, like the host, sorry. You got the host gassing the shit up. Like, again, I'm not dropping names, but there's like lives out there that are very popular with the blind bids and they will gas. Like literally you could pick up a piece of dog shit, <laughs> spit on it. And they're going to be like, damn, like that shit is kind of dope. And I'm like, no, that's literal shit. My guy, like <laughs> that, that same is, dog shit nothing. just sold on this other guy's live for five bills. I'll give it to you right now for four. Yeah, no, it's just bad. And then even worse is like the buyer will be like, Oh hell yeah. The piece of shit. Fucking that's a W and, and like <laughs> other people in their chat are like such a steal on a piece of shit. And I'm like, yeah what are we smoking that like? fucking that that the w's coming in on the chat is like such peer pressure right because if somebody's well, like it went away it went it away went away not, not even on my live do they do the l and w the par- audio audience participate participation went out the window now it's kind of up to the seller so or it's not so the buyer you're on lonely man's island and it, it's not by design i don't know like what the psychology was behind that. But like, I think what it was is like people got in their feelings about like, say you got some homies in the chat, right? And you pull out a bundle and they threw up L's for you. You're like, you have to answer to that tomorrow when you line it up to get in the Yeah, bins. like why are you fucking up my cash? Yeah, bro? yeah. You know? Yo, bro, like I had that shit. I knew I could have like finessed them. Like, so I think it's kind of like people, people bitch out. They, they like, I still throw up my W's. Or now L's they don't, they don't want to take responsibility for that call. Right. They don't want to get yeah, called out for that. That's call. right. Yeah. Cause they're going to get a live call like right after that shit and be like, yo, why'd you dog on my shit like that, man? My shit. Blah, blah, blah. So they worried like, because on this IG shit, I'll say now, like it's full of nerds, bro. It's full of losers who like had no friends to sit at, at the lunch table. They touched no vagina in school. They got in no fight. And they're Yo, just so pimping out to, here talking like it is. No, for real, how you see it. They're so happy to have followers that validate them socially. And then they're like, shit, I am cool now. And it's like, no, nah, this is about money. Cause like 
This community shit sickens me when people use that word, the IG community. Fuck the community. It doesn't exist. Like the the whole thing is, is like if there was no clout or money involved, nobody would be fucking with it. Like, come on, who you kidding? I'm here for both. I want yeah, to be that, popular that, that's and a, rich. That, that's a good... Yeah, okay. Don't we all, buddy? That is... Uh, that's a wicked point, you know? Like, I have a, so many wicked friends in, in, the, in, the, in the game, right? I won't use that community. And, and the term community fucking cringes me, to, like, beyond belief. But, um, you know, I, you, you have to understand that point is very valid. Because without the money flow... There would this wouldn't have started, and nobody would be here to create what it is now. So yep. it, it it has to have that. Like, there's communities of of collectors who like go sit in a fucking you know like youth hall and like nerd out on shit. That there's no money exchange sometimes. Like that's like real community building shit. Like yeah. And I guess like yeah, sure. There's people collecting that don't, and there's a lot of friendships being made. You know, so yeah, I, for I'm, sure. I, I'm not as harsh as on it as you are, but. Um, I do think that that's a very good point because without, without the exchange of cash, like it wouldn't have been built the way it was. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying you can't make friends. I mean, there's nice people everywhere. So, you know, if you're fucking with someone pretty heavy for a long time and maybe talk to them outside IG, a real friendship comes from that. And that's, that's what I enjoy most about like the Instagram shit. But I also like have friends outside of Instagram. Like I'm not on it. 24 7 like busting a nut to like like my uh, self-esteem is not based on like going up or down followers in fact <laughs> like i average like a shit ton of unfollows a week like it's disgusting like because people be like yo you climbing slow bro and it's like no nah, i swear if i wasn't getting unfollowed by like just like who i am on ig uh with the regularity that i am I'd be at like 20K by now, you know, but like people be unfollowing me just about as quick as they do follow me. So, well, it is what I think it is. people, people fuck with you because you speak the truth, man. And that it's, it's either going to be a love hate, you know, if they don't want to hear the truth, then they're not going to fuck with you. No, I mean, no one likes to, because we all know, like, um, if I'm just saying some shit and I'm not saying it even directly to you, but it hits home in that little deep dark place that you try and repress and push down and pretend like it's not there. And I start hitting on it, man, you're going to hit that on follow button. Cause you just ain't trying to hear that. You don't want to have like those little like pee your pants moments just before you try to like go to sleep in your little onesie at night. You know, you're going to be thinking like, damn, this motherfucker had me figured out. And it's like, you're damn sure I do. You know what I mean? Because like, that's always been my hustle, like the ability to like read people socially, you know, and see well, where they at. And it's like. And straight up, like coming from your background, doing what you did, paparazzi, you mm. got to be like, I don't want to say tough skin, but you got to not give a fuck to do that job. Because like you said, you're going to go somewhere, you're going to get up in someone's grill and mm. you got to, you got to be like, I'm here to fucking make, get that photo make my money. I don't care if it pisses you off. I don't care if it ruins your fucking dinner date or whatever the fuck is going on. You know? Yeah. I, cause even it's with cops, like, you know how, like, okay, I'll give it a good example. When I'm on set, they have PAs, right? So those are the lowly little idiots with like a reflective vest and a dream. So <laughs> they, they basically are the lowest on the totem pole and, and they'll be like 
sent to a sidewalk to stop people from, you know, walking down the sidewalk. Now, there is no law federally or provincially that uh, will allow them to lock up pedestrian traffic um, except when they're rolling. But they don't prefer that you walk through their shit, right? So when they ask the average person, like, yo, you mind just like going like two blocks down, one block to the right, like up over that like building back down the parkade and just loop around a little bit because we're filming right here. They're like, oh, shit. Yeah, no problem. Whatever. And like I quickly came to find out like you like I'm going to stand right here. Y'all bitches should have taken your shit to studio. And then they like the, the winding goes up the wine chain. Right. So now they complain to their the. uh like lead PA, the lead PA will go to the third AD, which is assistant director. The third AD is going to go to the cop that they hired to be there. Now the cops don't work it like, oh shit, they just happen upon a film set. They're hired, like cops work four days on, four days off. So on their day off, they can sign up to be on production because they get paid like crazy cake, but they have to show up in uniform. So now the cop comes and cops are like, oh shit, people listen to me. I'll just tell them to fuck off. And like, so they'll come up and be like, yo, uh, we don't really want you walking down that sidewalk. I'll just tell them straight to their face. Like, I'm like, I don't give a shit what you want. Like, I'm trying to make money like you are. So like. That's the cop's worst nightmare is somebody who understands the law because they, they'll do everything they can to get you to do it. What, but once you start actually being like, yo, that like, I got my rights. I can do that. They can't do shit. Yeah. And the best part about it is, is usually there's more than one of us on set. So if they try pull some real shit, like they're like, oh, we're going to we're going to arrest you for loitering or some dumb shit. It's like, oh, that's cool. Like, you mind if my boy just videotapes this interaction and suddenly their tail goes between their leg and you ain't seen them again because they don't want to get that smoke because they know what they do. And it's like <laughs> there's 10 photographers here who are ready yeah. to put you on the newspaper, man. Like, let's yeah. go. It's like, it's like, bro, that's not the move you want to make. And they know that they ain't stupid. So like, you know, I'll go in on them. Like I've made some cops cry because like, if, if they trying to be like, cause they'd be like, yo, why don't you get a fucking real job? And like, I'm like, so, I remember this one shit in particular, this was on Deadpool. This one cop, he came up and he's angry as fuck. He's just going in and he comes and he starts pointing in my face, like yelling, like spitting and shit. I'm like, you better get that damn finger out of my face, man. That shit is dumb as hell. Like go stand at your fucking stupid ass little tricycle that you call a motorbike and chill. Cause like, this isn't your job right now. And he's like, don't you tell me my job. I'm like, look at you, my guy. You're like old as fuck, bro. And you know how many epaulets are on your fucking shoulders? None. You know why? Because you keep getting passed over for that fucking raise, that next opportunity, because no one likes you. You're that guy. You're the guy that even when you walk into the station, no one's nodding at you. You know how most cops wave at each other? You ain't getting that wave. Because no one likes your face, bro. And like, yo, he he looking like he was like about to ball his shit up, like for real. And like he just sipped his little coffee and sculpted away. I'm like, I'm sorry I had to do that to you, but not really. Like, you wanted that smoke, man. You wanted to be a clown about shit. So I'm going to tell you straight, like, what your shit is and how much I care about it. And, like, if you're going to arrest me, then fuck yeah. I need that paycheck. Like, wrongful arrest and shit? That's the move right there. I love paychecks like that. 
So you've been so, arrested, but they've never laid charges because there was no, no legal. There was no legal. Oh, they can't do that shit. You just tell them. No, I, I tell them, like, I'll hire the shittiest lawyer ever and I'll still win. And, and they, they don't want that smoke because they know they're wrong. They know their shit's like a clown. And I, I, a lot of times you get, like, it from, like, stupid young cops. I'm like, call your duty supervisor, man. I ain't even trying to hear you right now because the duty supervisor is usually old as fuck and cranky as hell. Like, even towards his own, like, officers. He's like, no, nah, why are you doing this shit? Like, get out of his face. Just leave him alone. What is he actually doing? Taking photos? We can't stop him from that. Like the, the right to privacy is lost when you're in a public area. So that's what it is. Yeah. So literally you can take a photo of anybody walking down the anybody, street. Anybody. And that's open Anybody. Game. Anybody. That means private system. Because I hear like citizens, like they'd be tripping, trying to fight me and shit. You can't take my picture. I didn't give you permission. Well, stupid. You're outside your domicile. That's your private residence. If I were to take pictures like from the sidewalk into your living room, yes, that is considered an infringement on your privacy. When you come out and you step onto like public like sidewalk or anything else, now you in my fucking playground. Now I can take as many pictures, video, whatever the fuck I want. And you can't do shit about it. <laughs> That's crazy because you know, hell. like, you know, yeah, it is kind of. And also, you know how like drone. Uh, there's obviously like when drones came out, cause it's kind of a newer thing, right? Like yeah. th- it was kind of open. You could fly them anywhere, obviously not, yeah, at, you air- could. not at airports and shit, but then they yeah. were like, they really cracked that shit down like yeah. lately. Right. Yeah. And I got, yo, me and my wife were out. Like we, she flew a fucking drone, like over a park where like I was with my kids yeah. and some guy starts fucking tripping on us. Like, yo, you guys are perverts. And I'm like, I'm playing with my kid. It's my wife with the fucking drone. Like what the fuck is your problem? And, yeah. and and he was like flipping. So yo, people don't like that fucking law about being able to get shot outside. Tell you that. Did Eat you dick? I didn't make it. <laughs> you know, I just enforce it. Did you go out and shoot at all during like the Canucks riot or like the? Uh, I guess so. It was the it was the Stanley Cup riots. Yes, the big ones, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you shoot for that? Yeah, I got my ass tear gas, and I was right next to a cop when that shit happened, and she didn't have her gas mask on because they didn't, like, plug it through the radio. And so, like, there's snot coming down and, like, tears and shit. I'm like, I have my little dog with me again, and I'm like, why the fuck would you all do this, man? And she's like, shit, I didn't know, like, shit, they didn't tell us shit, because it was like, that. if you ever been tear gas, that shit is serious. So she that got shit. fucked up by it, too? Oh, hell yeah. She was running for the fucking hills with us, man. For real. Oh, yeah, we, we broke we broke into um, the fuck bar is it? It's on Granville Street, uh, Republic. I used to work there shooting the nightclub. And um, they, they had this like little window that was probably about eight inches across and someone kicked it out. And uh, like, like eight bouncers, like huge motherfuckers tried to stop uh, a pushing crowd. <laughs> no. We all got in there. Like, we were looking for any safe haven. Like, there's no stopping a surging crowd, you know? So you guys just wanted to get the fuck off the street to get out of the tear gas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that shit is nasty as fuck. Damn, dude. Did you sell any shots from that? No. Like, because the 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 um, they had, like, local, like, papers and news, like, photographers there. And, and they're on salary. So they're like, yo, why would we pay for this shit when we can get it for free? Yeah. So... They just took their shit. But I have some dope pictures of like just some crazy shit. Flip 
cop cars, like fucking cops. That, like, that shit just... was wild, man. I was an East fan, and then I just like remember the fucking smoke rising over the city, and it's like fucking the yeah. news was going nuts. I didn't go downtown that night. I was like, if I go downtown, it's gonna be bad news. I fucking stayed out of there. Yeah. Let me fast forward the but like okay, I thought that shit was dumb as hell because it's like. I'll, I'll, I'm like a fucking Nordstradamus of hockey. Let me fast forward the next 10 seasons for the Vancouver Canucks. They ain't winning. Let me fast forward the fucking like shit for any kind of like non-COVID bullshit ass a Canadian team like loses their way into the Stanley Cup finals. We don't win shit. The, um, like, uh, they call it Canada's game. Man, Anaheim Mighty Ducks won the Stanley Cup. The shit... Is only being won by Americans. Yes, Canadian players are played on the team. I know that, dumbass. But we ain't winning shit. Somehow, we shit the bed every fucking year. We haven't yeah, won a our, cup Our since. players get bought out. They go, but we, we did win the Olympics 210 when I was here. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's because the Canadian players that play for American teams are now playing for Come Canada. back. Yeah, totally. So, um, the, the whole thing is, like, the last team I believe that one was Calgary. And I don't know what year that was, but it was hell a long time ago. So don't, don't get excited, Canada. You ain't winning shit. Like, I'm sorry. I wish we were. I'd like, I'd like to go to a parade, but we are not winning. We will find yeah. a way to shit that bed. So The Canucks had a not, not a very good run after that one. They've never uh-huh. had a good run. I mean, they just they find a way to fuck it up. They're like, oh, our shit's fantastic right now. We're we about to win that shit. And then they're like, no, let's just you know, put in the tampons and play the next game and they find and a way to do good, good. A couple fuckers from out of town, roll in some fucking beater cars to light on fire. And then Louis Vuitton yeah. gets fucking raided. Yeah. City yeah. burns, baby. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Okay. So let's get back to vintage talk here. Yeah. Uh, we've got over the whole rumble scenario. Mm-hmm. What do you think now is the future for these rumbles? Because obviously as you know, you mentioned it kind of, but, you know, you're saying like the first few were fucking firing. People are coming in. The shit that yeah. people were getting was sick. Yeah. But that's like, you can't have the same people doing that all the time because they're like run out of stock. It's like you, you're ripping through like five bundles a night. Like you're going to run out of yeah. stock. Right. Yeah. So yeah. are you guys still doing it? Like, are you getting on there all the time now or? Yeah. The, the market's just adjusted, you know? Um, now it, it's, it's morphed into what it is. It's not finished yet. Like everything has an ebb and flow. It has growth. It has, you know, like recession, if, you know, that's even the right term, but like, um, it's just, you, you got to roll with the punches. And if you know how to hustle, you always going to be hustling. You always going to be making money. So I don't give a fuck where it goes. Cause I'll still get my money. Uh, that's right. that's kind of the, it's kind of the way it is. And it's like, if you can't adapt, then you don't belong here in the first place. Cause yeah, only that's the strong a big fucking, that's a big truth right there. If you can't adapt, you're fucked. I've been adapting for years, changing, changing what I do, you know, fucking try something doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Try something else, man. Because like, you know, sure. We all sell used clothes, but I can tell you I've sold used clothes in a hundred different ways over the last 15 years. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yep. You got to move yep. with it, man. Um, so let's get in to the subject of 1980 something co virtual flea. Okay. (laughs) So all I know is I, I was not on that one. 
I, I heard you paid for a spot. So I guess you signed up. You got a spot through his raffle, through his site or no. whatever. No. Chris got hit you. me up. Oh, he did? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Maybe maybe my son told me that, Sean. I don't know. <laughs> maybe he's, maybe <laughs> he's missing for It's a bad son. Uh, so, so give us a lowdown of how that all went down. Yeah, like, because um, of the Rumble shit, like, you know, I started to get a little clout and then, like, doing my own Rumble shit, like, because uh, I'm different from, like, the average shit. If you've ever seen my shit, you can definitely admit that it's different. So, like, people started to talk. They're like, yo, you seen Pimp? Like, he don't give a fuck. Like, he's swearing at everybody on a good day. <laughs> and so that gave me the attention of, like, people knew who the hell I was, you know? So one day, uh, like, after this kind of, like, rubble shit had spread out, everybody, you know, doing it making money whatever i put in a request um on an open for 80s co and uh i was like yo you know like this is the movie's like yeah i heard you motherfuckers like y'all started that that blind bitch shit and like it's like yeah well actually it was funny because i came on and i was like yo what's up and he's like hey man what's your name and i was like what and he's like your name bro I'm like, it's pimpage, man. Like, I literally started the shit you're using right now because he he was doing blind bids or whatever. And he's like, oh shit, like high off nostalgia because Chris had been on his shit, right? Um, with no mention of the rumble, and uh, I was like, yeah, you know, whatever, whoop whoop. And so he hit me in my DMs later, and he's like, shit, man, I'm seeing your messages from like six months ago like asking how I to get on to this like 80s co shit. And he's like, if you want a spot, like just hit me up. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I want a spot. Like, let's go. And uh, then he was gracious enough to come on my live. Shout outs to Chris. Mad love for that guy. Um, and, you know, he, he was on the Savannah, just fucking feeding with the hyenas, having fun. And then he did showed he, some... Di- did he win any rumbles like did he throw some bundles out yeah or was he just saying oh he did yeah okay i always wonder now like me and chris are friends i, I used to see him in california mm-hmm. all the time like he would come to my yeah. storage and buy shit like we weren't mm-hmm. like tight that back in the well he would like for the last few months before covid we were he was coming a lot um and since the since the flea I've always wondered, like, because he doesn't, like, he's making all his money not selling vintage, really. Like, yeah, yeah, hosting. Still buy, yeah, hosting. he's hosting. Like, he's yeah. making money hosting, which is great. Mm-hmm. I love anything, you know, I'm, I'm about making money from vintage without selling vintage in any way possible. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I always wondered, like, is he still holding? Like, is, I know he buys, like, off the vendors that are on his shit sometimes, but I'm wondering, like, has he got a lot of stock? Is he still buying a lot? Like, he liked the Scrooge McDuck of vintage cheese, but he don't like to talk about it. He got like a whole fucking like big ass building where he just like jumps in like, you know, head first and dives through that shit, swims around and everything. Dude, but he, he gets keeps it low key. He get like if he if he has somebody on who's got heat and like it's like a slow time mm-hmm. on a Saturday, dude, he's like, mm-hmm. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. You know, he could get like yeah. he could take the pick of the litter all fucking day. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. be copping steals for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's just funny. So, so yeah. Okay, sorry, keep going. So he dropped in um, after, like, I had booked. And uh, I was like, yo, man. He's like, 
I'm going to see you on my shit. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to fucking be the first motherfucker to win MVP and not sell anything. I'll sell a bunch of fucking Gildan blanks. And he laughed thinking I was like kind of joking or some shit. And then he held up a Disney t-shirt. So I just, I booted his ass out and then dragged him like I do everybody. And, um, then so that's that- that's a rule you hadn't mentioned so if you fucking come on the savannah with the disney you're out yeah all right yeah kiss t-shirts this shit i don't like like kiss t-shirts shit. you're booted yeah. yeah damn yo be warned oh, people goodness. don't try to fucking enter the ring with a disney or a kiss what else what else will you boot people for uh, dumb shit where like like people be holding up like and shout outs to these people whoever the fuck they are and whatever they're doing but like John Mellencamp or something or like printed tag shit that's like you know just no I'm not seeing the value there because like when I watch in disgust of these other like trash lives you know selling their bullshit I just want to x motherfuckers like so badly I just wish I had that power um but I don't but on my own live shit, I do. I make the rules. I decide who lives or dies. So it's like, I'll just, I'll, I'll X the shit out of you. I don't like your shit. Like, I X'd your, your son one time. <laughs> this is funny. Because, well, I've X'd him hundreds of times. But this one time in particular, uh, I had X'd him like three or four times in like half an hour and shit. And, and he's a good sport, man. He, he like, he loves it. You know, it's funny. And um, so by this time, he had just given up selling T-shirts and he was eating. <laughs> and one of the, somebody in the chat said, like, yo, you better not be touching T-shirts with them same, like, cheese nacho hands or whatever. And he looked at that shit and started to get in his feelings. He was like, yo, I'm not even around my shit right now. Like, whatever. I'm not even going to touch these T-shirts. Shut the fuck up or whatever. And I just asked him, like, mid-sentence. And, like, I was like, Sean, you can't be eating. We don't want nacho hands on our teeth and shit. Yo, and he's like, come into man. the ring ready to rumble, yeah. man. Yeah, he's like, he's like, fuck you, pimp. Like, I've been waiting two hours and you X me after like 10 seconds and shit. And so, yeah, it's always fun with him for real. He yeah, is a good, sport. A good guy. He is a good sport, man. Yeah, he's you a know? great guy. He's yeah, a great totally. guy. Totally. Yeah. Okay, so back to this uh, 1980 something. So, yeah. Co- going to be the mvp and you're going to sell a yeah. bunch of fucking gildans yeah yeah so i get on because it was later that week and um he's like i told him i was like yo i gotta bring in basement danny and so there's this running joke that like i'm crazy rich and like i i chill with drake and like lil wayne and shit and so he'll when i'm on live message shit like yo should i call drake about like dropping the private plane and shit so we can pick up lil wayne and like uh, also that I have a zoo and he's like, yo, you want me to get some Jaguars or take the emus for a walk and stuff? <laughs> and I'm like, yo, you better work it and shit. Like, otherwise I'm putting you back in that basement. Cause like the first time he was on my live, he was in the dark. So I'm like, he's like, pimp, I'm in your basement. Like you ain't feed me and shit. So we just ran with that. Like we have kind of evolved it. So it was like, it was funny. People were fucking with it. So I'm like, yo, I need a spot for basement Danny, bro. And he's like, what is a basement Danny? I'm like, yo, you're going to see, like, it's just funny. So Danny, I had talked to previous before the shit came on and he showed me this room in his house. Like his house is nice, but like he has one room in a basement, which like shout outs to having a basement. And, uh, 
it was completely oh, on. Is this guy your homie from Van, or is this some guy you know just oh, through online? Yeah, through online. Okay. So, and he had no followers when I first started fuck with him. He had fifteen, and I, I he had sitting out about one k, and he hasn't sold a single T-shirt. So he's just gone off this whole basement, Danny bit. So, <laughs> um, he shows me this room, and this shit looks like saw, bro. Like just crazy ratchet shit, and he's like. Yeah, man, like, I'm going to eat some fucking, like, what looks like maggots and shit and, like, cat food. Because I always tell him I need money for Danny's cat food because that's what I feed him, that fancy feast. And uh, so he's like, yeah, I'm going to eat this shit, whatever, whatever. I'm like, yo, this is going to be the move, bro. They ain't going to never see anything like this before. So 80s Cole is like, yo, whatever, it's your set. If you want another box, like, that's what it is. So we both get on there. And he's like, I bet, like what's up Danny and like Danny looking ragged as fuck like he got blood on his shirt and everything he eating cat food he's swearing at people like crazy <laughs> and uh and uh like to the point where I look like the soft one you know he going in on people and I had gotten the stiff sock gang to, to like come up on there so we pumped the numbers from 80 which was a previous seller to 300 in about 40 seconds and the socks are everywhere middle fingers in the chats going crazy He's like, yo, what's your first piece? I'm like, oh, shit. Like, the, the last piece ran by the last seller was a wrap tee. So I quickly, like, took a Sharpie on a, on a pack of, like, Hanes blank in an XL, like, with the printed tag. And I wrote wrap tee on it. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yo, y'all like wrap tees? I was like, I got the rarest shit right here. And I held it up. And like he laughing, he thinking it's funny. People start bidding. So like Afro Vintage, shout out Afro. He won that shit for 65 bucks. And uh, <laughs> then like the next T was like a uh, mosquito head. So it said mosquito. And then I drew like a rudimentary smiley face underneath the mosquito. And I was like, yo, it's a mosquito head on that good, good tag. And we ran and we did a peyote. We did, um, a heart-shaped box where I just put a box with a heart and I colored it in with a red Sharpie. And at that point, like he's chanting like MVP. People are like just having a good old time. But then, and I won't name names because you all know who you are. Big ass accounts start to piss their little pants about it. They're like, who's this motherfucker with like 5,000 followers getting like, you know, people to like, to mess with this you know what i mean like people are bidding on it they're loving it like i want that attention i'm not getting it Fuck this guy i'm gonna start crying to chris in the comments and like he's like kind of looking at it but he's not addressing it. he's not reading them out right but like i knew because like i'd watched the screen recordings or whatever and so yeah they were just saying dumb shit like you above this man like you need to get this guy out of here like he making you look like a fool and all this kind of stuff so now he started to like kind of question like because he don't know what's coming. He didn't really pay attention to what I said to him when I was like, yo, we're going to have fun with it and this and that. So he feels like he or at least I'll, I'll, I'll take the leap that he felt like he had no control over like a very what is usually professional and, and like, you know, he knows what's coming kind of setting. And uh, so he's like, yo, man, like, do you have something? And this is about 22 minutes in of a 40 minute set. 
And he's like, do you have something like you really want to sell? Like, that's real. Cause I mean, you sold all these like hand drawn teachers. I'm like, Chris, I'm like, let's go through the list. I, I sold a mosquito head, peyote, rap tea. Like I'm bringing that fire shit. And he's like, yeah, but that shit went for like 65 bucks. I'm like, no, that ain't 65 bucks. That's 65,000. My guy, you confused. Add a K to the end of that. And I was like, but I got you. You want a real tea? Like I got you, my boy. And when he was on the live, I, like I, I wanted him to grab a bag. I wanted other sellers to grab a bag, get some followers and stuff. So I said, listen, like I'll sell you this crazy rare uh, cat tea. It's just worth like 20 grand. And I kept on holding it up like bid after bid after bid after bid. And so I showed him the tag and then I was like, yo, single stitch. And I held it up and he was like, and then, like Danny was staring into his soul for about 30 seconds. And he's like, yo, I hope you get some food. And then, and it was like, uh, he hit me immediately in the DM because he was going to break. And he's like, you know, you wanted that like laugh emoji. So people thought like, number one, he was in on it, which he wasn't. Number two, he was mad if he wasn't, which he was not like guys cool as fuck. So he, he knew it was a joke and like, he didn't get in his feelings about like, oh, I'm trying to, uh, take a stab at him i honestly just wanted to have fun like like have him look back and be like yeah that was different that was good times like that's something i never seen yeah, before and like from the sounds of it you know you plan that shit out you put in the effort to make that shit like theatrical with your boy in the fucking basement like it's yeah. not it's not just some fuck you thing it's like uh you planned out as like a skit almost you know and, yeah and chris is, so. chris is super good at like really good really i mean he's a great guy and he's really good at like playing like you know impartial to a lot of these things so you can tell sometimes like fuck this guy's annoying but he's like he plays it really well and then he'll be hype yeah. on certain other people and like yeah like yeah. he he doesn't take it and it's like it's fa fair too because you 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 know you're in the set you got your 40 minutes you want to fucking joke around and people are laughing about it like what difference does it make to him or anybody if they're having a good time and that's what it's all about right right and that's the complaint that I got like post live or whatever. They're like, man, like at the end of the day, you were selling t-shirts. Like they weren't fakes. You did them yourself. And I even said like, Chris, it's not like I bought a four pack of blank shirts at Walmart and wrote with a Sharpie 20 minutes before I started this live. Like, you know, you acting like that, you know? And uh, so I was woefully admitting like exactly what I was doing and exactly what my intentions were with, with, with what I was doing. So we get booted, whatever, whatever. And then I kind of get unsure as to whether or not, like, man, did I really piss him off or some shit? Because, like, we won the MVP by a lot. And uh, he announced it on his live. He's like, yo, pimp one, but we're not going to have him back. So it goes to Crazy Local. And people got pissed about that, like, to the point where they started jumping in his live, you know, the next day. And I had to go on to two different, like, big accounts and be like, yo, stop doing that shit. Like, I got nothing but respect. I never like put you onto this man's life to start disrespecting him. It was all about love, having fun. And just like, we did what we did, you know, like we won and we know it. So like, who the hell cares if we get like another spot, that's his prerogative because it is his life much like on my shit. It's my rules. You know what I mean? So with him, he can feel any type of way about it. He can love it, but just choose not to have us back. Okay. That's cool. Like I'm sure he'll be back in the Savannah. Um, you know, where it's a different forum and, and he can be more relaxed about it. And, and, you know, 
do his thing or whatever. But no, it, at no point was it like anything crazy serious or anything to get in anyone's feelings about. It was just a fun time. We did what we did. We we came in there. We accomplished what we wanted to accomplish. And and what I was really really proud about is when we pumped it to 300, I'm thinking like, cause I was close to 5k at that time. I'm like, Oh shit. Like I gotta be well over 5k. Like with all them followers and like all the fun that people are having. So I checked my new follower shit three. And the reason that was, is because everybody that dropped in that was showing that love and support, they already followed me. And that's the reason they were there. So like, it wasn't for me as an individual. I didn't win MVP. I always say we won MVP. The stiff sock gang, you know, which people want to like think like, oh, that's some dumb shit. Like it's middle fingers and sock emojis, stupid. But there are people getting like tattoos of that done. Damn. You know? <laughs> like, like, like a lot of them. There's going to be by the time it's all said and done, probably 30, 40 people with stiff socks, like tattooed permanently on their body. And that's because like they fuck with the movement. You know, we, we are kind of like anti-establishment shit. You know, we're not, we are truly for the people. Like, I don't charge shit to be on my live. I, I fuck with everybody and I tell it straight from homies on down. Like, I get mad DMs from like two or three homies at every single rumble where they're like, yo, man, why'd you kick me out? Why'd you drag me in the shit? And it's like, I got to keep it 100 for everybody, including myself, you know? Like, I'm not above getting dragged either. And like, I certainly don't get in my feelings about it. People like, talk shit in the comments all the time and i love it you know that's what it's for if you talk shit you got to be able to take it man yeah don't be a bitch about shit for real yeah all right man well what's in the future for pimpage what what you know like it's crazy to me that you had that wild career in photography Mm. you know and like you know you got big big lofty goals for your life what's next man I mean, like, just keep building, man, organically. Because the, the people that do follow me and, and attend my lives regularly and hop on with me and, and just basically anyone who, who's allowing and giving of their time, you know, and their energy, those are the people that I'm going to continue to grow with. And, and we're going to, like, you know, acquire more, you know, as we go along. And I think much like I said, like, earlier on, the the weak will not survive you know the people that are fake shit and they be putting shit on and stupid ass glasses and doing little dances and jerking off big accounts and you know not really messing with the foundation that built them which is the buyers which is the smaller sellers you know those people aren't gonna last bro and if they do last it's on some like fabricated bullshit like some smoke and mirrors there's a lot of smoke and mirrors on IG or any social media platform um, where like it takes things like this to kind of have a little peek behind the curtain of, of what people are really made out of. Um, so for me, like I don't really have like a set plan where it's like, oh shit, by this time I'm going to be this, by that time I'm this. What I want to do or have the availability to do is have enough followers where when I open up like and a homie calls me and he's like, yo, I need to make like some money. You know, maybe this bill came up, maybe like my car fucking blew up or whatever the fuck's going on. And I'm like, all right, bet open my shit up. We got 80 to hundred viewers on the regular, you know, 
that are just like dropping bids and, and believing in what we're doing and uh and just you know respecting the game having fun keeping it 100 and like putting people in check as we go along the the fake ones you know we putting them in their place and letting them know we're out here and and to create somewhat of a like a policing force on ig where it's like i'm a smaller account i'm definitely small i'm only like just barely above 5k but people fear like the stiff socks like they don't want to be fucked with like where i'm like yo like i've had some sellers or buyers like play games you know where they've been on my live and there was a transaction that went down and i hit them i'm like yo my account out of all that i'm ig shits no matter how big they are is the last one you want smoke with because the people that fuck with me they fuck with me heavy and they will go to the ends of the earth to fuck your shit up so now you ain't just dealing with like me and my lowly account but together you know we number in the hundreds of thousands of followers we're gonna fuck your shit up and like so you better come correct and you better not play games because otherwise like you're getting either aired out on my shit or like canceled altogether like and and really when it comes down to it it's usually over like a one transaction so it's like yo you're gonna clown about this couple hundred dollars or or like you're gonna make shit right because if you ain't making it right we're gonna make it right you don't want to get in a world of hurt with pimpage just pay the damn bill that's all i'm saying yo that's give a I'm shout saying. out to uh some of the stiff socks oh yo yo who's you your tight here's your tight circle of stiff socks <laughs> oh that's tough my guy and and uh, i'd say we we are 5139 like tight and strong right but like we have stiff sock general. So that's anybody who's getting a tattoo or is going to get the tattoo or already has the tattoo. So you got like loop vintage, you got big burn, you got crazy world vintage, you got like, uh, the mojos. So like both the, the males and the females, they, they stiff socks for life. You got big Mike, you got a uh, symbols, Los Angeles, you got like, I mean, the list goes on and on, my guy. I would feel bad trying to list off motherfuckers. Like, I see Jenny you on know. your shit a lot. Yeah, Jenny, Jenny, like, and I, like, are are friends outside of IG shit. That's my girl. I I would roll for her, and she's the same for me. She getting that tattoo. She's gonna be stiff stock for life, and um, she's just like, you know, a fantastic person. But there's people yeah, that yeah. you know maybe they don't fuck with me as heavy as far as like they get in the tattoo or whatever whatever but they they mean the world to me you know um you know people like tiger styles who like she put me on after i got canceled off ig um you know allowed me to explain myself and stuff like oh so explain that me. you got you got shut down on ig for a while mm -hmm. for like six months or something no nah, like two days like, oh. but they 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 fucked up my account. They just like they deleted that shit, <laughs> you know. And then they gave you, to, gave you it back, and you got the followers back. Yeah, I was lucky because I had a homie who works at Instagram, so put it back on. But otherwise, mm -mm. I got another account that's bigger than this one. But you know, I'm not trying to like use that one, and I'm not trying to fuck the one I have up. So you know, I said that, some is shit. That that's got celebrity photos on there or what? I uh, no. No, but like it, it had a uh, autograph like photos, and then I just switched it over to like the vintage game, 
like when I needed to, as just kind of like an alternate account and built up that. So it is what it is, but it's like, you know, I'd said some out of pocket shit that I took mad responsibility for that. Like, you know, I, I certainly shouldn't repeat by any means, like not only just like socially or, or privately, but cause it's just wrong and ignorant, you know, and we all know what it is. The people that know what it is, know what it is. And, we moving past it. Like we all make so mistakes. You literally said something on a live and then somebody reported. Mm. Is that what happened? Not somebody, the masses. And then they thought, because people are really ignorant. They don't know that I'm half black because I'm very light skinned. So like I was, I was smoking, I was drinking. And like, when I get comfortable, I relax back into like vernacular that is like comfortable to me. So like I use a lot of bonics and, you know, bad English shit. And I was like, yo, yo, this and that, you know, and this and that. And like motherfuckers are like, yo, this this person racist as shit. And they started messaging my buddy Poetic, uh, who's like clearly black. Like he's got much darker skin than I. And uh, they're like, yo, you hear about Pimp being the racist? And he's like, oh, shit. Like, what do you say? What's going on, guys? And they're like, yo, he used the N word. And he's like, you stupid motherfuckers. Like, are you that ignorant? To think that, like, we all the same shade. He's like, pimp is black. He's like, he allowed to use that word whenever he damn well pleases. Like, he's like, do I agree with it? Do I use it myself? No, not heavily. But it is what it is. It's unto the individual, you know what I mean? But it certainly ain't racist coming from pimp. <laughs> you know what I mean? That shit, that shit was hella weird to me. So I had to post a picture of my mom's, who is 100, you know, but she lighter-skinned lady. And like me, when I was a baby shit, I'm like, there you go. Like you can clearly tell motherfuckers like, you know, I'm half and half like, and I don't prefer one side over the other. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm proud of both. So it is well, what it a, is. Uh, it's a sensitive world out there right now, man. Yo, they, everyone's soft. Bro. Everyone's so soft. And it's like, that's not the shit I grew up in. You know, like I'm 40, right? So 1981 shit. Yeah, like, I said it off camera, but happy birthday. Everybody wish Pimpage happy birthday. Just turned yeah, 40. Yeah, I love it. I had my 40th in August, so we're like pretty close, my brother. Yeah, yeah. You know what it is, and you know what it is like when we were growing up, like, you know, some of the shit we used, like, would just get you so canceled. Like, oh, like okay, I always use an example, Married with Children, the television show. That shit would never air today. It would never air. <laughs> they would get so many fucking letters after ep the pilot episode. But that shit made like, I don't know, six, seven seasons was a hit. Oh, dude, People that was like that after school special all, all the yeah. time. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the undertones of that shit, if you were to like analytically look at it and, and you know, be very political, like right wing about it that shit was ah, it's like full of stereotypes and like misogyny yeah. and like yeah. dumb blonde yeah. stereotypes yeah. and all these fucked up things yeah. but then you look yeah. at even things like south park and you're like how the fuck did that fly you know yeah. and like every all the shows we used to watch right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's definitely different times man yeah yeah now you're like you know uh if you say anything about anything like and the another person they'll be like what how dare you? And you're like, oh, yo, I'm not even like, that wasn't a thing. I wasn't trying to offend anybody. You'll know when I'm trying to offend you. But that certainly was not the move. So 
Yeah, people just chill. And you find it like, even in clothes. Like, you find it with fashion. Like, you know, you'll get called out if you're wearing something that's, like, potentially culturally appropriating some other thing, you know? And it's like, well, I just like that, but I can't wear that now. Or, like, that Asian fabric shouldn't be worn yeah. by, like, a white person because that's, like, their traditional thing. Or, like, yeah. it goes so deep into, like, everything we do now, mm-hmm. you have to be, like, touchy on which is yeah. it's a fucking tiptoeing, man. It's so, it's like yeah. hard, dude. Yeah. And I'm not saying everything was right. You know what I mean? Definitely like change is good. And some of it has been like for the better, but there's a lot of it that's turned like everyone into like little bitches and snitches too. I don't know when that shit became cool, but like people be snitching left, right and center. And it's like, yo, just keep your mouth shut. Like for real. If it, it, if it, if it ain't harming you directly, and it, it it's not really with malice intent. Shut up. Like stop stop whining. Like we ain't trying to hear that. And like if, if you're living in that world, like I feel bad for you. You know, because you're missing out on a lot of a lot of fantastic stuff where the world is not sugarcoated. You know, here in North America where we've got a lot of privilege. Where I think what it, it like, you know, we're like, oh damn, like my macchiato didn't have soy milk, you motherfucker. And it's like, y'all have never been to Mogadishu. You've never been to Eritrea, like places that actually know pain and suffering. You've never been to Chechnya, Syria. Like you've never been embroiled in war for your entire life. And there you are sitting in your organic trade fair coffee fucking house with your pants rolled up on the bottom, your rainbow suspenders, and like, you know, listening to Annie DeFranco or whatever the fuck you do. And and judging the rest of the world while doing it, uh, fuck you, uh, for yeah. real. Get off your shit, you know. Go live real life, live in the trenches for a while, for real. Even in your own neighborhood, right? Go visit those like neighborhoods that you lock your doors and roll up your windows as you drive through, hoping that your GPS will kick in. Get to know some of these people. Like it's fear, it's fear mongering, to me. You know what I mean? It's what drives this this like crazy shit of like everyone's afraid well there's no doubt in my mind cancel culture like you said a lot of it's good a lot of change is important there's so much of it that like we needed but a lot Mm. of the fear-mongering and cancel culture is like the media machine and the propaganda machine because we're we as people are controlled by fear all the time like Mm. that's how like you you don't open the newspaper and like you don't, it's not fucking roses and flowers on the front cover. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. they, they feed us all the fucking shit that keeps yeah. us fearful so they can control us. And that mm-hmm. goes into everything. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't think it, it, it wasn't planned or it wasn't calculated, right? All these. That's, that's, that's facts. That is facts. Yeah. Yeah. It's all by design. All don't by live design. by the design. Live outside the box. Create yeah. your own. Be the design. Okay. I got a last question for you, okay? Yeah. What what advice do you want to give the people? Pimp the pimpage wisdom here, okay? You know, you got any you got any words, you know, any uh tidbits that you've learned in the last little while doing what you do that you can share? With specific regard to the vintage, I'll I'll, I'll share just like a little anecdote that's like from my childhood, right? So I was probably like 10, 11 years old, you know, I'm wearing my shit. I'm thinking I'm the shit. I'm cool. I'm, I'm kind of following the trends. I'm trying to get those Jordans I can't afford. And 
you know, like stressing on my mom's to, to buy me shit that like, you know, she can't, she can't get and all this kind of shit, you know, and I'm looking up to motherfuckers who do have this stuff. And one day she, uh, she brings me home this, uh, button down <laughs> Shea Guevara, uh, t-shirt that was like in some rainbow colors, like every color of the damn rainbow. This shit looked like Skittles vomited all over it. Right. And I'm like, and it, we were too poor to like not wear shit that she bought. So she like, you're wearing some damn shit for real. You know, I will break a spoon over your ass if you don't. So I'm like, all right, bet. I'm like, but moms, why you buy me this shit? Like, I'm going to look like a fucking clown going outside with this shit. And she's like, I don't give a fuck. You go outside. You wear that shit. I bought that shit. That's you. So I, I button this shit up. I'm all mad as hell. I go outside. You know, I hop on the bus. Is it I like shit, like his head, like on the fucking. Yeah, like, okay. like, like Andy Warhol type shit, right? Okay, yeah. And, um, and then all of a sudden I pass by, like, you know, this person. And they're like, hey, man, that's a great shirt. I'm like, are they confused or blind or like, I don't know, is there some part of my shirt that's in grail because shit is awful. And then I keep, like, you know, on with my day and. By the day's end, I had like, let's say a dozen compliments, more than anything I've ever worn before. And I'm feeling like myself now. I'm like, damn, maybe this shirt is kind of dope. And I start wearing it. And I, I continually get compliments on it. You know, like people are like, that's a great shirt. That's a great shirt. It's a great shirt. And something started to just light bulb in my mind where it was like, yo, how you feel about some shit when you put it on, you know, is, is what's cool give a fuck like what it looked like or what you think that other people think it looked like be comfortable in your shit and rock that shit hold your head up high don't put your eyes downward and with your with your body language be meager walk around proud at all times you somebody you hear you healthy you part of it like in this case like for myself i'm blessed with being canadian you know that means something and we all human beings. Like, I don't give a fuck if you a celebrity or you just like digging ditches for a living. We all bleed. We all shit. We all stink. We all love. So at the end of the day, hold yourself with pride. There is always something to be grateful for. And if you don't think so, watch one of them like commercials where they asking you to donate to like children who live in an actual garbage dump and get their heat from like the combustion of garbage that steams up, you know what I mean? They, there's kids kicking around like a soccer ball made out of, um, you know, duct tape. And they loving it because they don't know different. And they've got something to be happy for at the end of the day, which may be fleeting in a, in a moment, but at the same time, it's tangible. So hold on to that and keep your head up, you know, keep moving. You're the one who's going to start the next trend. You are cool at all times as long as you believe that shit. And as long as you believe that shit, other people are going to believe that shit. They're going to feel that energy. We are more than our physical selves. We are everything. We are like on some weird shit. Like we are all one. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love so it, man. That is so prideful. true. Shout out moms for the Shea Guevara shirt. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like I think about that a lot, you know, because it is we dress we dress to impress or we dress to feel good. And a lot of times, you know, like women especially will like spend the time, you know what I mean? Like they'll do the makeup, do the hair, do the stuff. And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times as dudes, I'm like, I'm like, I appreciate that. 
but I'm also like, if you want to wear your track pants, I also appreciate that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's Mm -hmm. not for us. It's for them. Mm -hmm. And it's for you to feel good about yourself. Right. It's like, do what makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, man, what you said is on point. You know, it's like body language is so fucking important. And like Mm -hmm. confidence is built, you know, I've, thought about this a lot lately confidence is built by one keeping your word to yourself and like you know you know don't don't fucking care what people think it's like you gotta just do you and there's always going to be people out there who appreciate you for doing you you just got to find those people because they are out there yeah it's facts all right dude that was fucking rad thank you for coming on the show hey man thank you for giving me the time uh, shout outs to you and your son, your brother. Avantini, <laughs> my adopted that's, son. That's right. That is that is the happiest family that I ever did see. Um, you have issues with hoarding. I, I I really hope you get help for that. Um, it's all for I will, sale. I just, you know, Sean needs to fucking, my son. Come on, Sean, let's go. That's what you're selling to your wife, my guy, but secretly she ain't buying it. You know, like she be looking at you kind of like sideways sometimes, being like, "Really, this is the motherfucker I chose to sign up for?" But you know, you fooled somebody long enough, so shout out my I'll wife, Rhiannon. I love you, yeah. baby. <laughs> yeah, there we go. But uh, no, I appreciate what you're doing. Like you're killing the game. Uh, you're t- one of the true OGs. I could only aspire to make it to the trash pile that you have going on now. You know, and uh, I'll drop by the warehouse real quick spend some money that I shouldn't and um you know yeah dude you're welcome anytime man it, it was great to meet you you came here already once but I'm I'm ready for another visit dude yeah and don't be scared Drew get on the savannah come I'm coming the on the savannah I'm coming you know, on the savannah I'm doing it from the do. warehouse from the horde guys I'm doing it from the all horde right. you're gonna you're gonna have to pull a late nighter you know it's, it's all good we start at eight Dude, I, I got a mattress here. I fucking sleep here, man. It's, it's, I'm good to go. <laughs> my staff right, rolls man. in. I'm just in my office just fucking yeah. passed out. It's That's all good. Up. That's what's up. All right. Mad love, my G. Mad love, buddy. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I enjoyed recording it. Had a good chat with Pimpage. You know, these people pop on the scene. Not like he's that new to the scene, but he really got popular pretty quick. And it's funny, you know, I, I'm in Vancouver and I see... Most people in the scene here or there at events or, you know, we chat on IG or I see people on lives now. I know most people in Vancouver, but I did not know or have ever met Pimpage until the rumble started. He came to the warehouse once, uh, did a little buy after that time, you know, and it's funny because the Vancouver scene is really growing. Shout out to the Vancouver scene. If you're in the Vancouver scene, big up. A lot of good people coming out of Vancouver. Uh, A lot of good product coming out of Vancouver right now. So shout out to the scene that I've seen grow from the beginning. Because when I started here, when I started uh, in the vintage business here, there was barely any scene. I would say no scene. No scene like we know it now. So shout out to everyone making that scene happen. Um, If you want to support the show please go check out the Patreon. You get early access to the episodes. You get bonus content. You get uh, all kinds of extras. And yeah, it doesn't cost you very much. If you want to go support me in another way, you can go by the compostable mailers. Link down below. Make sure you follow Bid Stitch, guys. You do not want to miss this drop. 
And I think that is all. Go shop EffersandFrankVintage.com. Like this video. Like this podcast. Leave us a review. Share it with your friends. Tell your grandma. Tell your aunt and uncle. Tell your unborn baby. Let's go. See you on the next one.